whole whole message tonight. It was just surrounding the word restoration. And it is actually a text comes from Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, where it's Peter preaching to the masses after he's what? After he's filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit, after he's touched with the, the breath of heaven, after heaven breathes on him, he preaches a message, and at the end he says, in verse 19, he says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. How many are thankful that your sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus tonight? That he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom, hev whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophet since the world began. And the word restoration, it's right, it says, it says, there's a couple things. It says the action of returning something to a former owner, place, or condition. And the second definition I'm going to read to you is it's the return of a hereditary monarch to a throne, a head of state to government, or a regime to power. And I want you to think of that in kingdom terms. Because God's about to release and really uh, increase the weight of his government in the earth. So that there's no question who's ruling. Because <laughs> it says darkness, right, is going to increase, but the glory as well, right? The light of God, the, the, the glory of the Lord is going to increase. And really, here's the biblical meaning of the word Restoration. That we receive back more than has been lost to the point where the final state is greater than the original condition. Because you've been restored. And, when, and it says in, in Proverbs, right, that when the thief comes and steals, it's an interesting proverb, right? It says this, it says that men don't despise a thief if he steals if he steals to satisfy himself when he's hungry, but if he's found out, he must restore seven times what he stole, and he must give the whole substance of his house back to that which he took from. And so for everyone in here, I'm, I'm just going to make this declaration tonight that God is going to restore to you seven times. And some of us don't even know what we lost. <laughs> I'm serious. I was thinking, I was sitting back on the couch this afternoon. I'm like, God, what? Like, things are so good? Really, in a good way. Right? Things, God, you've done so much in my life. What else can you do? And we should posture our hearts. That's the thanksgiving, right? That's the place where we live out of thanksgiving. Like, God, you've done so much in my life. I'm so crazy happy and the joy of the Lord is my strength because of what you've accomplished in my life. I don't look the same. Come on. You don't even look like what you're going to look like in the future. Is that crazy to even think that? Because, you know, I might be growing older, but I'm just growing younger. Come on. I'm going to look better. <laughs> 
Are you hearing me? There's, there's this restoration that God is going to release to the, to the church, but he wants to do it to the whole earth. Do you know that? You know, my Bible tells me, it never tells me that the glory is going to decrease. The glory is always going to increase. The Holy Spirit and his power is going to increase in the earth because the saints are going to get more and more hungry and generally filled with fire all over the earth. Right? So there's so many things that, that the Lord wants to communicate to us. Like he wants to restore healing to what does it look like when, it, when the Bible says that till the restoration of all things. Like, is it just humanity back to God? And that's awesome. But what does that look like in fullness? What does that look like when God fully pours out and it's completely restored? And that means that, that healing, that deliverance, that all these things are to a maximum so that when people lay hands on the sick, they're completely recovered. Done. That you're walking in divine health. That there's, that when, listen, when Adam was in the garden before he had a conversation with someone other than Eve, right, until he came into agreement with that, he didn't wake up with a bad back. He didn't wake up with his mind thinking a thousand things. No, he lived in the peace and presence of God. He lived in the, in the glory of God. The glory, that's what I believe is, and, and what scripture kind of alludes to is that the glory of God covered Adam and Eve, that they lived in this place of perpetual glory. That the weightiness of God, when God was moving throughout the, the garden and, and would speak with them in the cool of the day, in the, in, the low, in the low time of day, he'd just begin to fellowship and talk with them. Listen, God is wanting to restore even greater than Adam. And I say that to us tonight so that we have a, like a mark because healing should never be a, an issue. And we cannot do this without the fire of God. I cannot do it. You cannot do it. It will not happen until we're filled with the Holy Spirit, overflowing, like baptized a thousand times over till I'm drowning in fire. I'm telling you that there's something of, of proportional. Uh, we try to like take portions. I'll take a little bit of the Holy Ghost today. I'll take a little bit. I'll just take enough to get me through the day. No, God wants to flow an abundance on us that, that doesn't ever stop. It doesn't quit because he never quits and he never shuts down. So when I'm sleeping, I should be dreaming and revelating. Like God is wanting to speak to us 24-7. We're dull and we don't hear him. And so how does that, how does that shift and change? It, be, it comes from a place where we begin to fellowship with the Holy Spirit in an even greater capacity. More than just showing up for a good meeting. More than, you know, and I'm thankful for all the good things that God's doing all over the place. Like God is flowing and moving all over the region. It's just crazy good. It's good. God awakening is just rising in the, in the, in the region. It's, it's powerful. But he wants to... Ready? Go to Zephaniah 3.9. Because there's something that I feel like he wants to show us in our language. And it has everything to do with tongues. It has everything to do with the Holy Spirit flowing through you. It has everything to do with agreeing with God. Because I cannot agree with God until my, my body, my mind, my will, emotions are pure. And I'm walking towards him and I'm, I'm talking like him. <laughs> 
when Jeremy came a few weeks ago, and, and it's word. It's really just word, right? But there is this place where we pray with understanding, right? We pray from our mouths, but we also pray without understanding. And I believe God's trying to get us to that realm where we pray without understanding. So it says this in Zephaniah. 3 9, it says, For then I will restore to the people a pure language, that they may call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. The Amplified Classic is, is better, right? For then, changing their impure language, I will give to the people a clear and pure speech from pure lips, that they may call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one unanimous consent. And one united shoulder bearing the yoke of the Lord. Come on, that's really good. We need to learn how God is trying to pour out, right? Not under any other yoke. You're under the yoke of one king. That's King Jesus. And when he's speaking to you, we begin to release and talk like he's talking. And the problem is the church doesn't know how to talk to God. And the problem is we need to figure out everything that God's saying. We're trying to understand everything he's saying when God never even designed us for that. <laughs> I know, I can feel people's heads. What do you mean by that? I mean, I mean like this, when you pray in another tongue. I'm going to hit this again tonight because there's really something that God wants us to step into. Because when we don't pray, when we don't have understanding, when we don't know what we're praying, when we're praying out of weakness, when we don't know how to pray, we pray in the Spirit, right? And when you pray in the Spirit, you align exactly with the Spirit. And actually what's happening is you're taking care of things that haven't even happened yet and that maybe God never wanted you to see. Didn't even want you to encounter. But we want to tone it down. I had to tone it down. No, not, not here. Anyway, I'm just, I just feel like there is no need to turn, tone down what God has given us as a gift. And it's a free gift that we receive, right? So we need to be in divine agreement, right? Isaiah 49 says this, verse 8 says, Thus says the Lord, in the acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you, and I preserve you. And give you as a covenant to the people. To what? Restore the earth. And what happens is we can't align with that until we begin to align with God. Right? So God's trying to change our language. trying to change our thinking. But he's trying to change our language. So that our language aligns with heaven's language. How many know what a heaven's language is all about? Don't raise your hand. I'm not even raising my hand. Sorry. That was a, that was a trap. You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't even know half the things. Like the more I get into this, the less I know what God's doing. Like I know I stumble upon things. <laughs> but we need to be in a divine agreement. And I, I, I felt like the Lord said this, I'm always in agreement with myself. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I don't know. The Lord is always in agreement with what he's saying. So how do I pray? I pray according to the word, but I pray according to the spirit. And so when we pray according to the spirit, this means don't be shy. Just let the Holy Ghost flow in your life. And, you know, 
I liked what Jeremy said when he was here on Friday. That he said, I can sit in the car now because we've all got speaker phones in our car, and I can just talk in tongues and talk to God, and no one even thinks anything of it. You know, no one sees, you know, they're looking at me. I could be singing for all they know, but that would be a sight too. But Holy Ghost wants us to just be free, right? God has given the Holy Spirit as a gift, as this incredible gift to us, and he comes one way, fire. He comes like water. He comes like oil. But fire is what, come on, on the day of Pentecost when it had fully come. I don't even think I'm going to get out of Acts chapter 1, verse 8 for the rest of the year. I, honestly, I don't. This, it is so imperative that we receive the fire of heaven. This, 1, 8 is just, God said, this is the last thing. I, I, he said on earth to us, go wait until it comes. Don't do anything else. Go and wait. And so there was 120 that came into agreement with what he was saying. Everyone say divine agreement. We need, the church needs to be in divine agreement with God. I'm going to yell tonight if you can't tell. I'm telling you, we need to be in divine agreement. We, it is imperative in this hour that we are in divine agreement with what God is doing. God is after the church's heart, and we need to be in divine agreement. Our hearts need to align. Our eyes need to align. Our ears need to align. But most of all, our language needs to align with what God's saying. And like I said, and I'll say it probably three more times, if we, if we, are, if we are listening to what the Holy Spirit's saying, if we are engaged with what God's saying, it becomes this, God, I will do what you say. I will yield completely to you unless we have a rebellious heart. Listen, no more protection. You don't need protection from God. Like we close areas off to, to the Holy Spirit. We close. We try to compartmentalize who God is. And we try to, we do. People in this room, myself, I've done it. I've tried to keep God out of certain areas of my life because I didn't want him to touch those areas because either I didn't trust him or I was unwilling to leave it. It's usually two things. You're either unwilling or you don't want to leave it. So remember this, if you remember anything from tonight, God, the Lord, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are always in agreement with themselves. This is divine union. Are we in agreement with what God's saying? Are you in agreement with what he's saying? Do you hear what he's saying? And the way to see the kingdom here on earth is to bear the yoke that I just spoke about, right? It's about bearing the yoke of God. It's about taking and aligning our voices, your voice, with the Holy Spirit and power. Because we have to have unified purpose. Ready? Matthew chapter 8 and verse 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I say again to you, if what? Two agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Does he lie? Does God lie? His word will never lie to you. So 
why when we listen to the Holy Spirit and we go by his word and we bind things on earth, and we should be able to bind things on earth. And listen, I'm not talking about weird spiritual warfare. I'm talking about aligning myself. And sometimes you can pray. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you, this is what the Lord was speaking to me, that we, we pray in the spirit. Sometimes we're binding and loosing, and we don't know what we're doing. That should make sense to you. When I'm praying in the spirit without understanding, and I'm agreeing with heaven because I'm speaking, right, with God, and, and if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, there should be this water flow that goes through, right? The fire and the water and the glory, right? And when I'm speaking with him, it begins to this perpetual communion and flow. And when God is speaking through you, you're speaking to the heavens and you're speaking to the earth and you're binding and loosing things. I don't need to know the name of it. I don't need to know details. I need to be obedient to what the Spirit is saying. And when I'm obedient to what he's saying, he's going to birth something. And he will do things that I don't have any clue he's doing. And I, thank God, probably, I don't know what he's doing. Thank God you don't know what he's doing because you probably it would probably strike fear. Or you'd be like, your mind would be completely blown. And this is how intercessions, intercessions should be. Like when we intercede, it shouldn't be, I have to, you know, we have to spiritual map, and, and, and I get all that stuff. I get it. But I'm telling you, we're coming into a new level of glory and an era of glory and presence, and God is going to flow in a, in a fresh new way if the church would just allow and invite him in to do it. So it's, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on anything on earth, that's why when we come into a prayer meeting together, we need to be in agreement, right? When we, when we come together, when we gather together and we pray together, when we're in worship, ready? Just simply worship. No, no, we need to be in agreement with what God's doing. When's it going to be over? Is it too long? I don't know. They're a little loud, you know. We can go through all kinds of stuff, and I'm just talking the negative stuff. I know there's all kinds. I'm like, come on, God. I just want the, I want the power of God, the wave of just the Holy Ghost to just cut, cut us down. And so when we're in agreement, I promise you, if, we, if, if there all of a sudden is a, is a church, is there a body? I've got to slow down. My brain's going, and I can't even get words out. Where are we? Did I fly by? I did. Matthew 18, 18. We're going away from that soon, though. I'm a rapid fire preacher tonight. Sorry. We have to have unified pur purpose, right? And here's the deal. When we're in agreement, it releases and activates governing authority. I wrote some good things down. I should go by my notes sometimes. 
governing authority. What does that mean? It means that the government that was on Jesus' shoulder is now on yours. And because we're in agreement with him and, I, and I'm yoked with him, that my burden is easy and, his, and, and he gives me that light burden, I can begin to pray. I can begin to speak. I can begin to do things in the kingdom. And I don't feel weighty about it. I don't feel heavy about it. I don't feel like if you get into a whole nother place where the spirit of God wants to do something fresh on you, you just come into alignment with it. And God will deposit it on your life. Are you with me? This releases and activates governing authority. How many know we need governing authority to see an explosion of, of revival and awakening in the region? Come on, in this church. Come on, everyone who you're around. Let's just dull it down a little. Unified purpose. And we have to have this place of governing intercession. What does that mean? That we have to pray for government? No. This means that what you pray is in alignment with what God is speaking. And even, even not, it can be in alignment with the word of God. But you need to be in complete alignment with it. Because most of us don't believe what we read. It's not a whip. I'm just saying. Just saying. Most of us don't believe... 90% of what we, we, we read. We take it in context and we say, yes, that's for me. But somewhere between here and faith, we lose it. And, and this is why it's so important. If I pray in the spirit, I'm telling you, it blows stuff up that gets in the way. So when we pray with understanding and we are in agreement with something, something's going to happen. Even if it's English. But you must believe that he's going to do it. That there's not going to be, that there's no doubt about it. That what he has said he will do. And he's faithful to do everything he's spoken for us. That there's nothing that we lack. And you don't... I know, I know, I know, but I start, start going off. Ready? It has to be clean. Everyone say uncontaminated. Uncontaminated. You know what contaminates our prayers is usually our soul stuff. And so if I pray in the spirit, it wipes that stuff out. But you need a real encounter with the Holy Spirit, so that is a flow in your life. Right? That the Holy Ghost just begins to take over in your prayers. And there's nothing, 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 nothing that gets in the way of what he's about to pour out and what he's about to do. Because when you pray, come on, people are getting set free. You don't even see it. People are coming to Christ. You don't even know. Right? And so we need to, we need to look at prayer like this. Like our, my, it's not even, I don't know, I used to think it was work. Anyone in this room with me? I, I used to feel like prayer was work. Now I can't, like, it's two hours, and I'm like, wait, we're done. You know what I'm saying? And, and the Lord is looking for the church to be in the spirit on the Lord's day. It's not like it's an option. He's looking for the church to be in the spirit on the Lord's day. What does that look like in your life? I know I'm up there and out, but let's just get the reality is, all these other things that we contend with will be wiped out because the Holy Spirit will wipe them out and it'll take care of some things. I know there's some things that we need to do practically, like do the right thing. 
right? But it has to be an, a clean, uncontaminated, Holy Ghost prayer language. So think about that, what that looks like. Because I don't know, I just feel like that there's... We must be in agreement with heaven. Matthew 16, verse 18. And I tell you, you're Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. Did you hear that? That was the American class, uh, Amplified Classic again. Be strong to it, its detriment, or hold out against it. What does that mean? It says hell has no power. That means when we, when we come into agreement, right, the gates of hell will not prevail against what the Lord is doing. That means in your life, in your workplace, in your ministry, he has no authority unless you give him authority. This is why when we step out, when we step into agreement with other things, authority is lost. Are you getting it? Really, it, it's so important tonight. I, it's so important because this is what God wants to drop onto the whole church, like the body, so that we come into alignment with what he's saying. And, and it's not just, yes, I agree. No, it's this determination that no, whatever you say, God, I will do. Whatever you, wherever you direct me, I will go. If you're telling me to pray in the Spirit, I don't care where I am, I'll just do it. If you're telling me right now I need to pray in the Holy Ghost, then that's what I do. I don't worry about who's offended. I don't worry about who's thinking I'm weird. I don't worry about any of the other things. And I won't, I won't, I won't stop until you tell me. <laughs> because you have a mission as a son of Zion. You have a mission as a son and a daughter in Zion. You've been given authority. Will you take it? Then it says this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind. Ready? Here's the, here's the parentheses. Declare to be improper and unlawful. Right? All this nonsense that's going on in our government, in our society, you just don't come into alignment with it. You don't feed on it. You don't even get mad about it. You just pray into it. Come on, there's indignation that you can pray that the Holy Spirit wants to pray through you. And you begin to pray for President Trump. You begin to pray for the different people. You begin to pray for what's happening because it won't happen unless the church prays. We won't get off of our butts until the church prays. I won't. Until I'm in prayer, until I'm in the Spirit, until the Lord's day comes, and I'm in the Spirit, and today's the day of the Lord. Come on. Until I'm in that place, I can't, I won't move. Because if I'm not aligned with what He's doing, I won't move. Because of fear, I'm, you want a list? Because of fear, fear is the main thing. But because of distraction, 
Because everything will pull you away from what God's about to say. Even in these moments now, God's trying, you know, even in these moments, God's trying to pull you away from what the Holy Spirit's trying to say to you. I know it happens because I sit there too. And the Spirit of God is wanting us to step into alignment so that I'm fully awake. So that I can fully see what he's doing. So that I can fully hear what he's saying. And so even if it's just pray in the spirit, that's just a directive. Just do it. Just don't even think about it. Just do it. Right? And you can declare it to be improper and unlawful on the earth. What must be already bound in heaven and whatever you loose, declare lawful. Come on, we can declare the law of God into the atmosphere. That's why I'm just going to continue to prophesy. Revival, awakening. God, you're going to wake the church up. God, there's going to be a massive harvest. God, there's, there's a harvest that we can't even contain. That any building that we even get won't even contain it. You're going to have to have two boats. You're going to have to have two churches pulling one net. It's still not going to be enough. If we just align. said that. We may need something loose we don't know anything about. And when we pray in our weakness, the Holy Spirit wants to bind or loose something that he might not or never will allow us to know what that thing was. Our responsibility is to unify. Everybody say unify. It's a little different than unity. It's unifying on one plane and going one place, right? We unify, we come together in the spirit, and God's looking for those. <laughs> I really wrote that, huh? <laughs> Listen, we need to be unified and diligent. Unified and diligent. Can you help me with that? Oh, that's almost a Brother Hogan thing. <clears throat> our responsibility listen God's not looking for those who are living in sugar cookie Christianity <laughs> did you hear me I mean we want every, I want everyone to come to Christ and be, be in the kingdom but it's about raising up disciples that are prayer warriors. That God is teaching us to war and pray. And you don't have to go into some high spiritual warfare in the second heavens. No, you just have to show up and pray. You need to wake up in the morning and just be with Jesus. And speak and declare his word and read and meditate on his, on, on his promises, right? And it will begin to release fruit in your life that you never could could never could imagine so he's looking at, you know what's the spirit looking for he's looking for a unified diligent life that our life is just not works but it's diligent that I diligently seek the Lord that I diligently follow him that I continually look what he's doing where he's going God I want to follow you there I'm not I wasn't made to sit and loaf 
No one, not one believer is called to just sit. I don't care. I was just thinking, I don't know why the thought came, I'll just say it. If we were Muslims, we would have a plan. I'm being honest. If we were Muslims right now, we would have a plan to evangelize the region and win for Allah. Isaiah 22, and I'll land this thing. Come on, good preaching, Miles. Good preaching tonight, Miles. It's okay. That's a long landing. <laughs> Isaiah 22. All right. This is this is this is so key for us. Ready? put in the name because it, this is about Sheba or Sheba. It says, yes, Sheba, I will drive you out of office. Verse 19, Isaiah 22. It says the Lord, I will pull you down from your high position and I will call my servant Elikim, the son of Hilkiah, to replace you. I will dress him in your royal robes and I will give him your title and your authority and he will be a father to the people of Jerusalem and Judah. And I will give him the key of the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. And he, when he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. And when he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. He will bring honor to his family name and he will drive him firmly in a place like a nail in the wall. And let me just give you a little background on this. So it, this was the Chamberlain in the house of the king. Right, and what would happen here is they took Sheba is, is like a type or Sheba is a type of Shebna is what it was is a type of Satan. Let me just say that, right? And Eliakim is a type of Christ. I'm just putting the symbols in here because there's something that God wants to see. Listen, all authority has been taken away from the enemy. He has no authority. Are you in agreement with that? Let me check. You better be. Because <laughs> that's the truth. Listen, there he has no authority. And so the Chamberlain carried the keys. In a sense, he was a steward. But what were the keys to? The keys were to the house. The keys were to the bedroom. The keys were to the royal court. The keys were the courtroom, right? The judge chambers, the king's treasury had the keys for everything. Only one person had the keys, and it was this dude. Here's the deal. God has given to us. Listen, he decided who did and didn't go into the king's chambers. And so we have Jesus... I don't know. I thought my Bible said that I have complete access. I have access by the blood to, to the holy place. 
I have access to the king because of the blood of Jesus. I have access to the king of the universe, the king of kings, because of the cross and because of the resurrection. And so God is given to you. Isaiah 22, the key of David, it's the key of intimacy. It's the key of worship. But it's the key to the kingdom. And God is trying to get us to understand, listen, you have access to every room in the king's palace. And you don't have to beg for it. You've been given a key. Why? Because we're co-heirs with Christ. You are a co-heir with him. You don't have to beg. <laughs> you don't have to beg. The life of begging is over after you are set free from slavery. I talked about sonship last week. Listen, we've been set free as sons of Zion, as daughters of Zion. We've been set free. So here's the thing. You, we want the, come on. The king's treasury, the courtrooms, you have verdicts that you can release in the heavenlies that it's, listen, and I don't know half the things that I'm even talking about in fullness. I know, it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because there's so much more. I could just go into this one scripture and just unwrap what that is, and that'll just really pull us into a whole nother place. And maybe that's next week's assignment. But here's the deal. He decided who went in and who didn't go in, and you are allowed to go in. But we need to be in the spirit on the Lord's day. We need to be in the spirit of what God is doing. You need to be in agreement that, yes, God, I have access. Yes, God, I have a way in. You've given me a way in. There is only one way, and it's only by you. And listen, we go. this goes all the way, I reel it all the way back in. But he wants to put governing keys into your hands. This is important for us. There's governing keys that are being released to you tonight. And, and the, he wants to give you the governing keys and the signet ring. Holy Spirit doesn't make anything hollow or mediocre. It should not, life in, the, life in the Spirit should not be hollow. If something's hollow in your life, you need to check with the Lord about it. If you, really, because the richness of His glory is wanting to flow through the church in ways we haven't even understood before. And so if you're feeling hollow, you need to come for prayer. Call me. Something has to happen. Really. Because I don't want... This is, this is about raising up a generation. This is about raising up, come on, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not about even one generation. It's about God raising up a whole army that's ready to move. And listen, you, you, the only war you're doing is with him, and he's already got it. But he's trying to give us governing keys, right, to unify us. So the times we're in, we need to make a decision, right, on what, what, what God, Lord, what do I do with my time? What do I do with my resources? What do I do with my energy? What are you doing with it? Are you being good stewards with your time, your energy, and your resources? 
right? And I'm not, listen, don't, I'm not talking, no condemnation in Christ, right? Everything can change today, tomorrow, doesn't matter. This is the deal. God's trying to pull us in. Where, what's the thing with the keys? God wants to release the keys because he wants to release the fire of God on our lives again. The only way we're going to engage with what God has is to reach out. And I, it always comes by fire. It always comes by the Holy Spirit releasing something to us. He's given me a best friend. My best friend is the Holy Spirit. My best friend I should have fellowship with all the time. It's the Holy Ghost. He's the Holy Ghost. It's not a it. It's a he. You, you're hearing me. Because we, listen, I'm so like, Lord, let us get this. There's something that the Lord wants to deposit into us tonight that is so key to unlocking your life into a whole other realm. And it's not some weird spiritual, you know, high. It's not about that. It's about all of a sudden God shifts things all around you. Like I'm telling you, the more I dive in, the more doors open because God allows that because I don't even, right? We don't need, I don't need to ask for open doors. It's scary to me. I can't go to a meeting without being singled out, period. I'm saying that to say, I don't, I don't say, God, please. I'm not begging. You shouldn't be begging. God's going to open doors and the right door. No more having this mindset, God, I'm enslaved to something that I don't even understand. No, you're not enslaved to one thing, but God wants to release something of the goodness of himself all over your life. And it comes by the fire of heaven. I don't, there's no other way. I have no other answer. I know that the keys that come from heaven come by the fire. I know that it comes by me engaging with him fully. But I'm telling you, he's asking us, where's my time? Where are you, where are you, where's my priority? Like, where is the priority of heaven in your life? Is it something, oh, it's okay, I, I just. Is he just a side thing? I don't mean to, but I do. Because it really needs to be just this passion that covers you and overwhelms you. The goodness of who he is. The fire of heaven is, is not something I think that we need to treat. Common. That's the word that Henry used. Common. Like when God comes, it's not common. As he begins to open up his life over you, it's not common at all. It's incredible. And so we try and, we try and just maneuver our lives to just get enough of Jesus to almost... You know, just satisfy us for a moment. But I'm telling you, if we just open up, if we just open up. I know all of us can't be home praying on the couch for eight hours a day. I get it. I get it. But every moment that we have, would we abandon ourselves to him? There would be no lost time in, in what I'm doing, right? I just, Lord, I, I'm asking that you just fill me right now in the car. See, I get whacked in the car. <laughs> I want God to show up in my car. It's scary sometimes. But I want him to show up in my vehicle. Right? 
so that when you go from place to place, you just become, come on, there's a, almost a spirit of intercession just moving out of your car, right? Just the, the holy, the glory can fall out of your car onto the, onto the street around you. And, you. and we need to be filled with all the fullness of who he is, and that won't come unless he burns like a burning flame inside of me. Can we sing that song? And I actually want everyone up. Can everyone help? Yeah, right now. Come like a flame of fire, right? Like a rushing wind. That's good. That's good for us. Because I just, listen, there's keys that are available, right? It's not even about the key. It's coming into agreement. And I, that's what I want you to do. And as we begin to just pray, worship, and intercede, I want you to say to the Lord, Lord, I come, into, I come into agreement with what you're doing. You can turn the lights down if we need to. Lord, I come into complete agreement with what you're doing. And the, I promise you, if we just would get into, imagine if whatever, however many of us are in here, 30, 40, I don't know how many, right? If we all just got into this flow, it could not stop. Ha, <laughs> ha. Right? Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be good if God would just, if the Holy Spirit would just burn? A little intense. Turn it up a little. 